Hi, and welcome to Fed Talks. I'm your host, EJ Fableman. Um, hey, so this is the podcast where sometimes we talk about short-lived TV shows with the people who love them. Those are what we call the good episodes. And this is one of those good episodes. I have a guest. I have a very good guest. Uh, a guest with credentials. Uh, she is probably my first Twitter friend, if you can believe it. Um, going back many a year. Uh, she 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 does the the uh, chart chat segment on the People Are the Enemy podcast, uh, an exhaustively researched segment that uh, <laughs> will come as a shock to people used to listening to this show, where my preparation is remembering comics I read when I was nine. Uh, but that doesn't matter. We've got a professional in the house. Uh, say hello to Rachel Hathaway. Hey, EJ. Hey, listeners. Hi. So great to be on the show. Thanks so much for inviting me. Well, thank you for coming. You're a you're a you're a real person who who records stuff that people listen to. <laughs> yeah, I've been a part of uh, Andy Mascola's People Are the Enemy for about a year and doing recaps of uh, Billboard Hot 100 charts from years in the 70s and the 80s and trying to find lesser known or interesting songs or sometimes I do like songs you know but the story you don't that kind of a thing and yeah it's been a lot of fun and and you you often then have additional context on your Twitter oh um, yeah like I'm if I could footnote my entire life I would I just always <laughs> feel like well here's that thing I talked about here's the link here's the video and here's that you know commercial that used that song and and all these types of things so yeah 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 uh, uh a, a, a great Twitter follow in general, but especially if you want to know about music of the 70s and 80s or the St. Louis blues. <laughs> yes, let's go blues. We we can we use, they need they need all the help they can get at this point. <laughs> it's I there are two people I follow who tweet about the St. Louis blues and they're both named Rachel. That's and cool. <laughs> it is it is sometimes confusing, but I just I just see the 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 Rachel and. Uh, <laughs> I always have to give it a second look and determine was it was it uh, Hathaway or McElroy? Oh, <laughs> both professional podcasters. That uh, was a great connection. I love that. Okay, so this week, um, I got all thrown off. I, you know what? I'm I'm going to give another another of Rachel's credits right up front. Um, also for for those of you who regularly follow the show, I know two people named Rachel. <laughs> this is not the one I watch TV with every week. There's two, there's two Rachels, guys. It's a lot. <laughs> We've already established two Beckys. Now there's a second Rachel. <sighs> <laughs> and I'm the only EJ any of them know. <laughs> uh, Rachel was also kind enough to send me a, a graphic novel collection of the Glow comics, which are just an absolute delight. And, oh uh, yeah, yeah. They they did some really cute stuff with those comics. Great, great way to continue the the story and the characters. Yeah, super fun. I loved them. We're gonna. I I think one of these days I'm gonna do an episode on uh, uh, comic books based on TV shows. Oh, that's and a great idea. That's chief among them. There's I got a, like super into the Buffy comics when I was in college. Oh man, they did so many of those too. That's. Yeah, yeah I, I, I'm like, I'm kind of that if I can't have all of it, I don't want any. And it was like getting to be too much. So I had to sell my collection. But 
yeah, it, it was that was great. It's like season eight. They kind of kept going on, and they could do little one shots of some of the other, you know, lesser known characters and such. Yeah, that was those were coming out real big when I was working at a comic book store. Oh no way! Like there, there was a new Buffy thing just about every week. I believe it. Yeah. And I think they're still. I think they're the TV show is up to or the the comic based on the TV show is still going in some wow. form or another. And I think they're calling it season 11 now. So it's been. That's like 20 years though. I'm not doubting you. I'm just being impressed that they kept it going. Yeah. It's, it's not even the same publisher now. So I think the license has passed oh. around a lot and. Gotcha. Gotcha. It's, it's, it's been a lot of things that frankly are, are above my pay grade. <laughs> Uh, the one thing we can agree on is Joss Whedon seems like a heck of a guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a true um, blue feminist man, yes. Oh, <laughs> absolutely, just a, yeah, um, uh, 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 an ally, frankly. <laughs> exactly, in- yeah. <laughs> he puts the uh, A in ally, or the A in something. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're not here to talk about Joss Whedon, if you can no. believe it. <laughs> Instead, what we are here to talk about is the shortest-lived show that we've covered here yet. (laughs) Uh, The six-episode NBC sitcom, Best Friends Forever. It aired in 2012, created by and starring uh, actresses, improvisers, and comedians Lennon Lennon Parham and Jessica St. Clair. And uh, now, I feel like I I need to warn people that... uh, uh, Rachel and I know each other largely because of podcasts yeah. and I am fighting, uh, the urge to drop in references that <laughs> would probably not be enjoyable to the audience. And usually I ask people about their, their history with the show. And I almost did a, 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 what you know about best friends forever. <laughs> yes. Um, but that, that's not this show. That's a different show. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> Tell this me about your CJ history. With... Has seen. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about your history with Best Friends Forever, by which I mean the TV show, not the concept of friendship. <laughs> good, yeah, good, good Wikipedia disambiguation page on that one. Um, well, I was a big fan of uh, Comedy Bang Bang, the podcast, and it may have still been Death Death Ray at that point. I'm not sure, but uh, Jessica St. Clair and Lennon Parham were both frequent guests, and separate or together and uh together they had a character duo of uh teacher charlotte listler and her student marissa wampler uh, who was of indeterminate age and (laughs) (laughs) constantly changing body type description uh new horrors revealed in the audio medium every every time she was on but uh, when I heard they had a show coming out on NBC, I was super excited to watch that and to support them and was already, you know, kind of an NBC, uh, you know, partisan going back to, you know, must see TV in the 90s. And they were still mm-hmm. they were still doing OK at, you know, in the in 2012. But um, I did find a quote uh, from a review of Best Friends Forever, uh, you know, in 2012. And she says, speaking of NBC, what gives? I mean, I know we've been saying what gives about NBC for a decade or so. But this week, I just don't understand why the Peacock Network is treating reasonably decent new comedies like so many scheduling pinatas. 
And that was in 2012, folks, that they're saying that they've been saying what gives for a decade. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think Friends was still on the air when they started saying what right? gives. Right? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I tell people, like, you know, when a show like Abbott Elementary or, you know, other ABC sitcoms, they want to show you new episodes right away after the, you know, the new year. It's always surprising because I'm used to NBC's nonsense. Yeah, those nice long breaks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we, yeah, we have a very, very similar backstory there. I, I knew them from, from Comedy Bang Bang also. Um, and I seemingly that is the only way people found out about the show. Yeah. Um, it was, it was poorly promoted and they didn't even put it, if I recall correctly, they didn't even put it in the, like the Thursday comedy block, which at the time would have had community and parks and rec and you're right. Yeah. Uh, I think it was about that. Tuesdays maybe, which was always sort of there. I, I, Jessica recently on a, on a podcast said they were, they were getting fewer viewers than Betty White's off their rockers, which was the senior citizen prank show. Yes. Yeah. That was like their, that was their lead in that they had to try yeah. to take numbers off of. But, uh, yeah, so so yeah, we both and and I we both know each other through primarily Comedy Bang Bang. I think it was maybe when the TV show was on. That yeah, we, I think the yeah the TV show because I was like like I would try, kind of live tweet it when it was on on Friday nights on IFC. Yeah, just finding people through the hashtag and you know if the official account retweeted people that you know seemed cool and, and that kind of a thing. Yeah, that that's how I met most of my most of the Twitter people that I like. Nice. I, well, it's, it, it's such a specific type of weirdness. I think you usually kind of have that common ground. It's a good place to start. I, I feel like, and that show ended as a, as a TV show in, in 2016. And I think I've made two Twitter friends since then. Oh. So clearly <laughs> uh, that was my heyday. <laughs> so uh, the, the premise of the show, if you haven't seen it and it Appears you definitely haven't. Uh, <laughs> is uh, uh, Jessica St. Clair, who you would recognize from from Station, or I want to say Station Eleven Avenue Avenue oh, Five. Yeah. <laughs> actually, the one makes more sense than the other, actually. But uh, and and TJ Maxx commercials and and a million other things. Yeah, and she was the dress, the bridal store owner in Bridesmaids. Yes, yes, she's there for the poop. <laughs> that that's her most. Uh, recognize yes uh, she plays she, a woman who has to file a huge insurance claim <laughs> moments after <laughs> we, we leave the scene <laughs> uh she uh, on best friends forever plays jessica uh and she in the very first scene of the pilot gets a gets divorce papers fedexed from her husband um, while she's on a, a Skype call with her best friend, Lennon, played by Lennon Parham, who has also been in a million things, most recently Minx yes. on HBO and now just saved by uh, uh, Stars, right? Yes. Thank you, Stars. Yes. To be saved a bunch of other shows, but I, I <laughs> they're all lumped together in my head now. Westworld, now on Tubi. I just really? saw that today. That surprised me. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, Jessica moves back to her, moves back in with her her friend and her boyfriend, and it's it's a show about 
ladies who are friends having adventures. Yeah. Uh, not like solving crimes or finding mysterious idols or anything. <laughs> it's a much more limited kind of adventure. But, yeah, it's uh, kind of, they have to do a lot of, you know, plot and setting up the situations in the first couple episodes. So it's really a shame that they only had episodes one through four air because they were kind of just hitting their stride as far as being able to get into, you know, them going on adventures and doing things and, you know, not having to like constantly restate the premise. Yeah, it you can definitely see where it's got that early 2010s network thing to it where they didn't have a lot of, NBC didn't have a lot of faith in us being able to remember or. Uh, <laughs> right, right. The last two episodes actually aired in a block that was not their regular night or time slot. And oh, I remember, they, okay, they did finally air them. It just was not in the regular flow of the, the spring. Yeah. Okay, okay. Thanks for clarifying that or reminding kind of me. Kind unconnected to the others. And I actually had to look that up. Uh, and that was back when I was r running a TV website with my friend Mindy. We were big oh. fans and we were live tweeting those episodes. And uh, uh, Lennon and Jessica both retweeted us several times and we felt like the coolest kids in the world. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. Um, uh, when, towards the end, I'll, I, I have a, 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 some follow up experiences with them through my website, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> but we'll say they are delightful. Absolutely. So, uh, anyway, that's the that's that's the basic premise. Uh, and look, we agree this is a delight a delightful show, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, I had so much fun rewatching it to prep for our conversation that I just rewatched the six episodes again and still got every bit of much fun out of it. It it's 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 kind of surprising in some ways that it was a a 2012 network show. Which, I mean, I guess not not shocking. Like I said, Community and Parks and Rec existed at the time, but mm -hmm. it's also a NBC did not really have many comedies focused on women. I mean, obviously Leslie Nope and Liz Lemon are in fact women, but <laughs> you know they they are mostly surrounded by men. But a, a show about female friendships, which still seems like NBC would not know what to do with, <laughs> right? But uh. You know, there's Lennon's talking about her areolas, which seemed shocking to me <laughs> and probably just rolled off my back in 2012. But it, <laughs> yeah, now it seems like, really, 10 years ago, NBC was like, no, nah, it's fine. <laughs> well, that is the like if you're a mid-season replacement and they just put you in like a weird, you know, post senior citizen sketch show. Maybe you can get it. You, can just, you push the envelope a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's. What I what well, you I do really feel like it might have had a better fit on ABC or or Fox maybe with some of their more like hangout type shows. Maybe I'm trying to remember what the environment was over there in 2012. I think ABC yeah. was a little more family, but there's also kind of a, a a sweetness to Best Friends Forever that I think was maybe out of place at NBC. Yeah, uh, it's. I don't know. It's it's hard to say. It it it's it, it's hard to remember what what everybody was like. To, I I know it never would have worked <laughs> on CBS ever. Oh at no any way! Point in no. CBS in history. Not enough dads saying shit. <laughs> <laughs> or elderly people solving crimes. Those are their <laughs> right. That's where the money is. But although uh, you know the letters that could have the BFF that could have slotted in with NCIS and 
Jag, oh, you whatever really else is happening. Here. <laughs> it's like CSI. <laughs> right. The second, the first F obviously is federal something. <laughs> uh, the, you know, there's only six episodes, so it's hard to, I, I guess it's easy to make generalizations. It's fairly standard sitcom plots in a lot of them, but the fact that it it's, I don't know of a better way to say it, that it's women experiencing the plots together. Mm. Like, some of these things are almost dopey dad plots. Like Raymond could have uh, could have accidentally started a fire that ruined a birthday party, except yep. that would have involved him helping around the house. <laughs> wow. He would have had to put cinnamon rolls in the oven to be able to burn cinnamon rolls. Yeah, he, he, he would have this had his mother. This is a quality burn, him. folks. He, dev- <laughs> Raymond is devastated. You have no idea. <laughs> but... but you know, so the plot-wise, it's not not a million miles off from what you would have seen on. But I, I just think the 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 approach in there it feels very genuine. And I think you know, you know them from podcasts like I do. It feels mm-hmm. like a lot of their real life relationship carries over to this. Oh yeah, yeah. You could see them like if they had an apartment together when they were training at UCB back in the day and they had gone through certain mishaps like that or the thing about like there's too many photos of the two of you around you know when you and your boyfriend (laughs) are trying to get together like that feels very honest (laughs) it's it's those real specifics that yes you know one thing i i i i thought about was uh there's the episode where lennon and and joe basically can't have have sex because jessica is is always talking to them yeah she's always popping up and barging in yes she walks in on them in the kitchen and he's hiding behind the refrigerator door and that's part of part of listler's uh backstory (gasps) from comedy i didn't even think of that yes turn around and the faya yogurt and this oh my goodness you yes that makes me think it definitely happened (laughs) that's such a good point because i i want to tell you i and the listeners i went through as I was watching and tried to jot down sort of the recurring Jess and Len elements and I was we could have almost done like a like you know that game categories where you have to like list things and whoever has the unique the more unique ones you would have totally beaten me on that one but um, we can come back to that later if you want but yeah that is genius I hadn't even considered the parallel to that that's amazing yeah, it, it's it, it, it definitely happened and now it's just a question of of who's uh, home and who's another improviser right <laughs> um, you know who i want to talk about before we we delve into our podcast friends too much because i i had kind of forgotten this character and i was absolutely delighted every time she appeared uh uh quinetta yes their nine-year-old neighbor nine and a half nine and a half <laughs> <laughs> She, she, she's a sassy child, but in the way that when Jessica first sees her after not having been at that apartment for three years, they are immediately resuming an old fight. Yes, yes. <laughs> Jessica had a six-year-old enemy at one point. <laughs> that is a good point when you do that math, yeah. <laughs> this, this actress, uh, Daisha Owens, I mm-hmm. maybe pronounced that wrong. She has not really 
much since then. And child actors, I always hope that's because they decided to go to school and have a normal life. Yes, I'm exactly the same way. If I haven't seen them, I'm hoping that it was their choice and not like their mom or dad is dragging them to a million auditions and they're not getting it. Yeah, she did come back to do an episode of of uh, Jessica and Lennon's follow up show, Playing House. Uh, yes, that was, was a great moment. Yes, but th- this kid is she's so funny and in not really in a precocious way, in a way that she is rude to adults in <laughs> in kind of a, a real way. Yeah, she has that kind of um, from that John Mulaney joke about how children can say such specific devastating things of like you have womanly hips or whatever that she was saying like she hated Jessica's khakis so much and just yeah and I think that she specifically zeroed in on Jess made it that much funnier she wasn't just like an all-around angry kid like she could be sweet to the rest of them but just something about Jess just like set off her hair trigger like her and Lennon had bits they they got along fine yeah yeah they yeah And I have to admit, I didn't know at the time the hair did, nails did. I didn't know that was a song lyric. I thought that was just like a cute little saying they had. (laughs) Because as EJ mentioned, I'm very much stuck in the 70s and 80s. (laughs) You probably definitely knew about it before me. So Ah. (laughs) I like when uh, they are they're they're uh, testing out recipes on her. And she's complimenting Jessica's cooking and saying, and remember, I don't like you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this kid is every she's one of those characters where every time she talks, it's going to be funny. Just this, this yeah. nine-year-old. It's always gold. And I think she <laughs> kind of faked him out in the audition. Like she came in kind of you know, faking like she was a little bit shy. But then, like, really, you know, blossomed when she was given her performance in the audition. I I prefer that to her actually having beef with Jessica. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. So you, you were know, mentioning about the that Jessica was cooking. I, I was curious if are we to understand that she, that she is a chef by trade or that she's like I thought maybe like a culinary instructor. I was trying to read the letters on that jacket she wore in the the episode with the the pop-up restaurant. Did did you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, that that wasn't clear to me because it's really not referenced elsewhere, but she seems to know how to run a kitchen. Yeah. Which made me think maybe she was a chef at one point. It's it's confusing because in one of the first episodes they say that her hidden talent is some type of cooking. So I thought maybe she had a different career. I know in, in playing house she's sort of like generic busy businesswoman doing big deals but i did think it was interesting that they gave the characters both sort of creative you know careers in in the creative persuade you know, pursuits you know being this high-end chef and then uh, lennon being a dance instructor yeah that i didn't remember that at all so when that and it, it i feel like it doesn't come up for a while in the show and then when it does it's like oh yeah i guess she has a job yeah <laughs> She tells J.K. Simmons, like, you're going to come to my, not Zumba, but some, like, power, cardio, booty, you know, whatever they call workout classes. That's yes. the, whole, the whole tag. It's him busting a move. <laughs> <laughs> now, one of the things we bonded over is our love of character actors. Yes. And, you know, now that J.K. Simmons has an oct- uh, an, octor, an Oscar, <laughs> uh, and, you know, and he's been the lead on a show of his own. 
he, he I don't know that he, he necessarily qualifies anymore, but at this time he definitely did. And oh it yeah, was, it was a total hey that guy. Hey, it's that guy. It was so exciting to see him to see him as Joe's dad. Yeah. Definitely <laughs> a change from when I first come to know him as uh Schillinger in Oz. Right. Yep. Just kind of this taciturn yet could be goofy when he wants to, Dad. He was not at all a white supremacist on this show, which no, he welcomed all. <laughs> he, he was a lovely man, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> his his scene with Lennon I thought was really good, and it must have been it must have been very fun to to I don't know. You could do a scene with J.K. Simmons, and holy smokes! Yeah, it's, that guy's J. Jonah Jameson for Pete's sake. <laughs> they really did. <laughs> It played very naturally. It did, I know you were talking about that a lot of the, the episodes had sitcom-y plots, but I think they didn't have necessarily always the resolution that you would expect or the way that the stories played out. Or at mm-hmm. least they were able to do it in a more natural way where you don't expect the like, ah, and the, the laugh track and the canned applause and everything. Right. L- lessons are not necessarily learned so much <laughs> as p- people accept that their their fellow man is not perfect and will make mistakes yeah i think jessica actively refuses to learn lessons (laughs) based on her podcast persona i think that might apply to real life as well yes yes oh so can i give you my list of the what i the recurring jessica and len elements that i had oh please do okay calling using the term jammers to refer to any type of object (laughs) <laughs> uh, Jessica having a Hugh Grant haircut their love of the movie Steel Magnolias Areolas you also, you already hit uh, Tankini <laughs> and Umbros uh, they had a Wampler but it was Eric Wampler That's and then right. in the last episode Paul Rust's character calls Joe Josephus which is a little fuzzy but I think Josephus was such a huge playing house thing it has to count yeah uh, I think definitely the song 17 by winger being used prominently. Was there any that I missed that you had? Um, there, there is one. It, it's not so much a recurring thing as more, more a fact. Hmm. Um, but uh, Lennon's favorite movie, actual favorite movie is Brigadoon. Oh yes. Just, yeah. Going back to Scott hasn't seen. Yeah. That's a great one. Which when, when, when that happened, I was the I was the physical embodiment of the Leo pointing. Me. <laughs> yes, love it. <laughs> I got that. <laughs> and, you know, in a, I imagine they probably didn't have as much casting control as they did when they did Playing House because this ah. was a network show and their first time ever creating a show. Mm-hmm. Because uh, like Playing House was just chock a block full of of their friends and old improv buddies. Oh yeah, it was great. But you you still get some there are some uh just swell, you know, considering it's six episodes, you get some swell guest appearances in here. Totally. Uh, besides JK Simmons, uh Reed Scott and Tim Simons from Yes. The, Tim Simons has like one line. <laughs> Is just standing there being tall, and it's like it feels like somebody has to reference the fact that he's so tall. Yeah. 
you mentioned Paul Rust. Kyle Mooney is in it. Oh, yeah. He was so and great. It was jarring to me that he sort of looked like he does now because I think of him as being so much younger than maybe he actually is. Oh, yeah, I could see that. That's his vibe for sure. And the type of characters he plays. Yeah. Like, how was he not 15 when he was on this show? <laughs> exactly. Uh, Party Downs, Ryan Hansen was in there. Yes. Um, classic character actor, Mike Starr. Um, oh, is he the gen- the, but- the gentleman that ran the meat, the butcher? Yes. Shop? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. He's great. Yeah. He from everything and a, a returning name to, to Fed talks, Adam Campbell, who was the male lead on great news, which wow. we discussed in a previous episode. It was, uh, Lennon's. The, the, the not gay, boyfriend. just British dance, uh, ballet. Yes. Song. He's so funny on that. <laughs> He's just so oblivious. He's definitely playing that like high status and is just like so oblivious to everyone else and giving Jessica assignments and asking for tin accents. <laughs> <laughs> he played it very well. And that actor is a British man, right? He is British. Yes, he's re- okay, he's okay. real British. Gotcha. Um, in fact, if you wonder why you don't see him on TV that much, it's because he's always on British TV. Ah. <laughs> So my dad's he's, probably seen him on one of his PBS uh, imported shows, huh? Oh, he's definitely solved solved a murder in a small town. <laughs> um, he, he he's definitely been in a thing with David Tennant. <laughs> uh, but it, it's, you're talking about the guest stars. Did you read that Adam Pally had originally played the role of Joe uh, Lennon's boyfriend? Yeah, I saw that on uh, on Wikipedia, and that's that's hard to picture. Yeah, yeah, it it really surprised me to read that. It's, you know, I mean, I mean, uh, uh, Joe, who is ultimately played by Luca Jones, is he's not a million miles from an Adam Pally character, but he's off enough that it would feel weird. It's definitely a different energy that he brings. I think very yes. superficially they have kind of a similar body type, but that's that's really where the comparisons end to me. Yeah, uh, Lucas seems a lot sweeter. Adam Pally has a lot of sarcasm. To <laughs> yes, everything. Mm-hmm. And Luca, that's a guy I really like. Um, and you know, he's uh, he was on that uh, uh, People of Earth on TBS, and he's really good at playing kind of oh. a a sweet natured dumb guy. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't, did you watch Shrill at all on Hulu? A.D. Bryant? I watched the first season and maybe the second. He was on. Yes. Yes. I remember him. He was the not so great boyfriend on there. He was definitely the like, I'll, you know, I like hooking up with you, but God forbid my friends see me with a fat girl. Like, no, thank you. Go, please yeah, leave out the right. side door. Yeah. He was not, he was not the best, but he was kind of coming around. Yeah, that's I feel like every other time I've seen him, he's 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 generally a sweet man, a little yeah. a little simple. But uh, <laughs> and you know what? It's pretty cool that his job was making video games. Yeah, I I'll like that. Yeah, that, that that got me engaged right away. <laughs> and in fact, the 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 kind of game he was making where is sketchily filled in at best. But one thing is, 
uh, specific point was it's different every time you play it, which is very popular right now. That's what they that's that's what they call a roguelike. Okay. Um, if you you know games like like Hades, which you might hear about, is uh it, it, it the the layout is slightly different every time. Uh, that's become a much bigger. I think it existed. Oh, okay. Prior to so that, as opposed it's a much to like subgenre. You watch someone play Breath of the Wild, and they always have this certain area that they're going through, and they can unlock different areas, but it's always the same. This is yes. like the the map might be generated differently based on when you play it. Yes, you start a new game, it's going to d- draw a new map for you. Wow. I hadn't even heard of that. I'm so out of the loop on video games, EJ, I have to tell you. <laughs> I, I'm more in the loop than I should be at my advanced age. Oh. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I, I will still hear things. That, that, uh, that was the saddest part about getting old for me, was realizing I'm just not going to know things about video games young people are talking about. <laughs> The last one I knew about was the Goose Game. <laughs> the that untitled one... Goose Game? Yes, yes. It's the very same. <laughs> I, I was in a video game store today to renew my subscription to their video game magazine. I'm very cool. <laughs> and they were asking me if I wanted to put down a down payment on anything upcoming. And I, I just, I felt my own mortality sort of creeping in. And I'm looking at these things and going, some of these it's going to take 50 hours to play. <laughs> That's I don't I don't I don't know how much gas I have in the tank. I'm certainly not going to get a finish. I mean, there there's a new Zelda coming. I don't know that I will live wow. long enough to finish it. <laughs> um, Are you at that? I, like, I don't even buy green bananas stage. <laughs> yes. I stole that from somebody. <laughs> I feel very old so now. From your perspective, that it looked so it didn't. It, it looked like it could be a real game, or the scenes it, that could conceivably be a real game. Yeah, they did it. They did a nice job with, like, the the graphics you saw looked reasonable for that time. Sure, sure, yeah. Like you would not be embarrassed if that's what your game looked like, but also it could look like it, as opposed to a lot of shows where it the video game would just be like an actual filmed movie oh. and somebody would be moving a controller around <laughs> there, or famously in the first episode of the Sopranos, when, when Tony Soprano grabs the controller and plays Mario Kart with one hand. <laughs> even I know that you can't do he's that. <laughs> just, he's, he's not even hitting the, the controller part. He's mashing a button. It's like, <laughs> all right, he's just accelerating over and over and over again into a wall. Most likely. <laughs> Uh, but that that's that was how just, dads used to be. Dads used to hate video games. <laughs> that's true. It, it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's bring that back. <laughs> let's bring back dads being disappointed in me for playing Frogger. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Occasionally I tap into my that's child. That's like strategy, you know, <laughs> it's an achievement. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to. I'm trying to pull up the the episode guide here. To mm. there were six episodes. I would remember them. Yeah, friends. I had to. Not. I had to go low commitment for this. I wanted to be a part of it, but I was like, "Can you get what's the, what's the min?" <laughs> and we found out a nice show with six episodes. So he, he was kind enough to let me come on with with that. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Let's talk about that because when I 
approached you to do this. Most people that I, I went to, I either had a show in mind for them mm. or we kind of bashed our heads together and came up with something. Or uh, I had a pitch and they had another pitch and I went, yeah, that I mean, so that's really a whole <laughs> host of different scenarios. But it was always a, a fairly quick process. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, Sam, do you want to talk about John from Cincinnati? Great. <laughs> you, instead of, of, of naming something, came up with a uh, lengthy list. Yeah, an IMDb list? Yes, and, and we're, we're throwing things out that had me genuinely frightened I was going to have to watch The Cape. <laughs> Six seasons in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> there were so many shows that came up. It's like, well, I didn't watch that. I don't know that I want to, but I have to be a good host. <laughs> That was like, speaking of supplement, I should find that and we could tweet that out because that was great because the person that made it sorted it chronologically. So it was this, it's really <laughs> crazy ride through like networks trying to latch on to whatever trend was hot. Like when you get to like the echo of loss and all the things that were trying to be the next loss and the stuff like, you know, Pan Am that was trying to be the next Mad Men. And oh, it's, yeah. it's fascinating. Yeah. With uh, Pan Am and the Playboy Club were airing oh. simultaneously. Yes. And- both failing in almost the same quick period. Yeah. Yeah. There was that time of, there had to be a show that followed lost and ABC had so many, so many failed lost alikes from that period. Um, I remember just... one where everybody in it was like a worse version of an actual famous person. Oh, <laughs> like, uh, and, and, uh, he he's had done some things since then that I've really enjoyed, but at the time, uh, Tyler Labine was, uh, I think that's the guy from Reaper. Uh, yes. he was dollar store, Jack black, you know, it was all mm. just, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's dollar store, Ashley Judd, you know, just, this, <laughs> and I wish I could remember what show it was, but there were, there were so they, with, with generic titles too. Yeah. The only one that's in my mind right now is surface. I feel like NBC surface. really pushed surface. I think that's the one with Lake Bell as a water lady. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Which, if if I have that right, that's pretty good casting just based on yeah. the name. Yeah. If you have to be from the water, find a lady named Lake. <laughs> um, it's surprising she wasn't in Wakanda forevermore, what with all the time they spent in the water in that movie. Ah. <laughs> God, I... That, that was barely even a joke. <laughs> hey, you didn't do Avatar. You didn't take the easy route. That's what's important. That's right. If I'm going to do an Avatar joke, it's me getting it confused with Tar. <laughs> I wish I could say I haven't done a TikTok video on that theme, but guess what? I have. <laughs> <laughs> and at the time I made it, I hadn't seen either movie. Wow. <laughs> now I've seen the one bit. of them. Okay, there's a show called Invasion. Invasion, I think that's the one. That Tyler Labine was on? Yep. Yeah, okay. That was the dollar store show. Got it. Um. Ooh, a pre-American horror story, Evan Peters. Wow. Pre, Pre-WandaVision. Ah. Wait, was he the, is he the Quicksilver in the X-Men movies? I can't remember. Uh-huh. It wasn't Evan. Look, yes. there's so many yes. people playing yes. superheroes, I can't keep track of all of them. <laughs> and and I'm me. 
He was in Kick-Ass and in Quicksilver in X-Men. You need a crazy okay. murder wall of superheroes. Okay, now here's what's... what's if we Before we get back to the thing we were talking about, <laughs> Evan Peters was in Kick-Ass. The lead character of Kick-Ass was Aaron Taylor Johnson, who played Quicksilver in Avengers Age of Ultron. What? Both Quicksilvers were in Kick-Ass? That's wild. I... I need to, I, I'm sitting down, but I don't think I'm sitting <laughs> down enough to take this news. I need to get onto a cushion on the floor. <laughs> you need the inflatable Wolverine's chair. I need my fainting. Yes. Another <laughs> reason I love the show is canonically, Joe is a Michigan Wolverines fan. <laughs> That's where my sister went to college. So go blue. Nice. Uh, and that made me wonder if Luca Jones was from Michigan because they seem to pull oh. so many things from, from, uh, uh, like Jessica and Lennon's life. Somebody there had to be into Michigan. Yeah, yeah. Except no, Luca Jones went to the University of Kansas. Oh. Hmm. Maybe they had a racist mascot, so they had to go with something else. I, I don't know. I probably shouldn't defame. The I get the two ones mixed up, but one of them is Jayhawks and one of them is Wildcats. So I think that we, we don't we don't want to have any uh, cans and slander on the show. <laughs> uh, to counter, I don't know any Kansans. Ah. So uh, the Flophouse has made quite a meal out of slamming Topeka, Kansas at every opportunity. So really? Yeah, it just became like a, a running thing by accident. Yeah. Uh, so we've mentioned it a couple of times uh, is after this was canceled uh, mm -hmm. a few years later, uh, Lennon and Jessica went over to USA and they did a show called Playing House. Yes. Which was sort of it did have Jessica moving back in with her friend, but the circumstances were different and it felt like they had a lot more creative control there. Mm. Or USA was just less interested because it wasn't Monk. So they just sort of. <laughs> Uh, we're not really paying that much attention. And, but it, it's weird to watch, watch best friends forever. And you can sort of see like it, it's, it's a proto playing house. Oh yeah. Um, and a thing you mentioned is a question you had, and I'll, I'll let you ask it if you want. Mm. Oh on. yeah. Yeah. There's just the idea of, did best friends forever like have to fail so that playing house could succeed, you know, for the value of success of it had three, it got three seasons and yeah. I think had a much more devoted fan following. Yeah. People or, were you know, not to take away from with a following that best friends forever had, but it just was able to build an audience. I would say. Yeah. You, it's hard to build an audience when you air four episodes and then, you know, that's Burn off. Yeah. But, uh, I've been thinking about this since you said it mm. and, and you were interested in even Stevening it. So we could, we could have conflict. Oh for yeah. The rating. <laughs> Steve Finn. <laughs> um, and I, I, I do think that was the case, but I also think maybe, you know, it's hard to, hard to say how much of it was what they learned from doing a show or, mm. or what control they had. But I think playing house more reflects where they were in their lives that, you know, they, uh, one of them was pregnant when they started film, when they pitched it, the other was pregnant when they started shooting. Oh, wow. Uh, what a parallel. 
Yeah. And Jessica was never pregnant on the show, but uh, uh, her character was Mm. never was, but she as a person was. Um, And, you know, Jessica's uh, uh, when she was diagnosed with with breast cancer, they they worked that into the show. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I, I do think some of of. Where that maybe it feels a little more personal, but I think that's because you could make the case. I'm clearly not doing a good job of it, but the case <laughs> well, keep keep more going. More. I, I want I want to hear what you have to say. There, there, they had more to be personal about at that phase in their lives. You know, they had had these experiences that they could build a show around. Uh, whereas. Uh, best friends forever a show i i enjoy very much um it's it's the the details are kind of based on their life but like the as far as i know jessica's husband never left her and she had to move back in with lennon you know but uh, playing house was actually about about their experiences with pregnancy um but again i bet they would probably say that they 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 had to learn a lot by making a six episode show for NBC before they could make 30 episodes for USA. And uh, so basically, my my thought is, yeah, it probably did have to die for playing house to live. But I'm trying to say it in a way that makes it sound like uh, like I'm playing devil's advocate. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's 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 harsh to set call it like a first draft, but I think. If there, if there was a non-value loaded way of saying that, it, it perhaps could fit. Yeah, and I, I do think, you know, part of it being network and also part of it being 2012 and uh, shows about female friendship were virtually unheard of. I think there's probably a lot of network pushback on. Um, I mean, I think Joe is a lot more. Is a lot more centered in the show. Um, and he, you know, he's a good character played well, but I think that was probably a network note that you, you gotta have a guy in these scenes. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Jessica has talked about how in the, you know, sorry, go ahead. The, the, the first scene of the pilot, she is, she is crying because she served with papers and test audiences hated it so much that they had to knock out the sound of her sobs. Wow. That's harsh. Uh, it, <laughs> I was reading some like recaps in you know AV Club and Vulture, and sometimes the reviewer or the commenters would have their like you know things about that she's. And I don't know if they literally use the word shrill, but like all but saying that or about how that how Jessica talked and how you know the sound of her voice and people could just be a little more. Uh, they didn't have to hide that. They didn't have to hide their contempt for women's voices. <laughs> Like maybe they've been goaded into now. I I don't know if you've been following the news. They're not really hiding their contempt <laughs> for women these days. True. But yeah, that's the the I I do and I I've seen people on 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 various podcast message boards say that about you know and it's weird when you do a character too because you yeah, know, Marissa Wampler is extremely loud. Right. Yeah. But, you know, that's that that that's her comedic persona. I certainly don't think it's. Yeah, you would not get the same complaints if 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 
I, I'm such a cliche. If a man did that, it would not be thought of as as a problem, you know. Right. He, I mean, he Jason Manzukis enters the first scene of the league yelling Rafi bomb. Yeah, that's yes. Yes, that's a great point. That's a great comparison. <laughs> and that's one of their old improv buddies. Yeah. Who I was shocked that he wasn't on this. Me too. Yeah, I would have thought they could have worked him in somehow. Unless that would I mean, it was a six episode show, so it was probably a pretty tight shooting schedule that would have corresponded with the league he might have oh yeah you know which they shot in chicago obviously (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i was just so glad that playing house was able to go on and have more of a life and and uh, you know grow the grow the fan base and it seemed like people would, it'd be the kind of thing that in the midst of that three season run, people would discover it and get their friends into it. And, you know, like you were saying that the original audience for best friends forever was most, you know, a lot of just podcast fans. That's who was hearing about, that's who was a fan of them. That's who was knowing about it. So I think it definitely grew their fan base to be able to have that USA show. Yeah. And, and I mean, I think the thing that most went wrong with, and, and still three seasons is, God knows that's respectable. Uh, it happened at the time USA was getting out of having comedy. Mm. Like, I think in the third season, it was the only comedy on the network. Yes, because I think at that point, Mr. Robot had come out and that was a pretty big hit for them. Yeah, so it was all... Not that you have to like one or the other. There's plenty of folks that could enjoy both, but it's a different it's a different vibe for sure. Yeah, and... It's it's hard to say because I don't have cable anymore. So I, I, you know, I watch things on streaming. So I, I, it's harder to get the vibe of what a channel is these days. Oh, 100%. Yeah. But for a long time, it seemed like all cable channels were so, well, we have to be this one thing 100% of the time. Right. Yes. You know, TBS is comedy. TNT is drama. Never the twain shall meet. <laughs> Yeah, it would feel weird to see a comedy show on TNT, I have to say. <laughs> if if Snowpiercer led it to search party, it would. <laughs> but yet FX, I think, kind of sidesteps that. They have both. They have like really good comedy and good, you know, dra- well done dramas. They they do. They do tend to move their comedies over to FXX. Oh, gosh, yes, FX. But that is a more recent thing for a long time. Uh, you know, it was Tuesday night drama, Thursday night comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe Wednesday. I know Archer was usually on on Thursday, but uh, they even had animated shows. Can you imagine having just one animated show? USA. <laughs> what is it's like a space thing with a cat? Um. Oh, the, oh, that was not. Oh, TBS. That was TBS. Is that yeah, TBS? Okay, space. okay. That's one oh, of those yes, shows that yes. got HBO maxed out of existence. Oh. Oh, that's a great verb. I love that. Or I mean, it's a terrible, it's sad, but it's a perfect summation. <laughs> um, yeah, the, but but I, I playing house was a a uh, man. I loved playing house, and I have yet to meet another. I don't know a good way to say this. It's going to make me sound sexist. The only men I know who watched this or Best Friends Forever were podcast fans. 
Mm. Yeah, I could see that. Like, I tried to get people on 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 playing house, but uh, if they were not familiar with them from from uh, uh, Company Bang Bang or Womp It Up or or what have you, mm-hmm. it was a hard sell. Oh, that's a bummer. But I appreciate you tried. I really do. It was. You know, I let me uh, let me let me bring this up real quick uh, because I, I I used to actually try uh, when <laughs> uh, I mentioned I used to have a a TV website uh, Spunky Bean mm. which went under for a host of reasons that were incredibly traumatic Aww. and now I have a much less popular site um, <laughs> that I put less effort into. It's strange how those things go hand in hand, uh, but. Uh, you know, when, when playing house was out, uh, uh, Mindy and I would write about it a lot and Lennon and Jessica were so supportive. Every time we would post something about them, they would always tweet it out. Oh my gosh. And you could kind of go over our, our numbers and anytime there was a huge spike, it was like, yep, one of them tweeted. Oh, that's so cool. And they were nothing but nice. One year, they the the final season when they they did the the cancer episode, which is mm. incredible. I know we're talking more about playing house than best friends forever, but <laughs> since that went three seasons, this is my only chance to talk about it. Right, it's out of the zone. Yeah, uh, we we made them our the our, our joint entertainer of the year at the the annual Spunky Awards. Oh, nice. Uh, and. Uh, that beats uh, Jess- that hasty pudding crap, I have to say. That's definitely better than that. <laughs> Harvard eggheads. <laughs> God. It's ruining Rory Gilmore's life. <laughs> yeah, that was Yale. Yeah, I'm losing my mind. Uh, <laughs> and, and Jessica wrote some very nice things to us about our, our, our presentation of that, and it was really sweet. And they have been... Uh, Jessica follows me on Twitter and Lennon follows the website, which does not tweet anymore. Oh, <laughs> but I am 100% going to tag them when I post this episode. So, yeah, uh, uh, they're, they're probably too busy to listen, but they'll let people know for sure. Yeah. I remember I had for a while, my Twitter name was cool rage Doritos and I <laughs> tweeted something and I, then I changed it and I tweeted something at Lennon and she was like, what happened to Cool Rich Doritos? I was like, oh my gosh, she remembers me. Wow. She remembered my silly gimmicky Twitter display name. <laughs> that was a special moment. <laughs> They're so awesome. Yeah. And, well, I and, was gonna say I didn't like I said I didn't want to take away from the fan base of Best Friends Forever because they uh, I, I was reminded of this that the Jess and Lynn had reached out to fans to put together like little clips of themselves or to send to submit little clips of themselves talking about, you know, what they liked about the show, what it meant to them. And they like assembled it as like a thank you to the fans. Oh, I remember that. And one of my friends is in it and she's like the thumbnail image. Like if you look, find it on YouTube. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Her name's Katie. Wow. Oh, that's so cool. We'll have to tweet that out too. Oh yeah. Yeah. If you have a link for that, uh, for Otherwise, sure, I'm... yeah, I'll find it. I think it was on like a HuffPost article. Because I was like, I was going serious with my research. I was reading like reviews and and recaps and and all these kinds of things because I wanted to like get back in the mindset of, you know, what it was like when it was airing. 
that that's really cool. They're they're so good. Yeah. Like I I love that their their on screen personas seem to be very personal for them. Mm hmm. Like in in a way that you you. I may be misreading this, but I think I think female comedians get less opportunities to do that than men do. Like there's a little more oper- like they they have to uh there has to be a I mean I guess Roseanne and Brett Butler were sort of the the uh counter examples of that. Yeah. Where, it sounds like you kind of mean like having to sand off their rough edges and be more like palatable to the mass audience versus getting to be like their weird silly self or yes yes i think uh, especially on a network show there the network's gonna tell you we we've got to get men watching this you have to mm. you know any any sort of of hostility or weirdness or <laughs> any references that dudes might not get um that, yeah. that's gotta go but well there's uh, like that famous story of something i think it's in uh the boss tina fey's bossy pants book that Amy Poehler had told some joke at the table read that was like a little bit, you know, unladylike or whatever. And Jimmy Fallon goes, I don't like that. And Amy <laughs> looks at him and goes, I don't fucking care if you like it. <laughs> <laughs> and you're right. You don't, we, well, we female comedians and comedic performers don't do not get the, that opportunity a lot because of the reasons that you mentioned. Yeah. And you know, I it's... you don't have to, I don't have to, you don't have to, to bleep me. I'm sorry. EJ. <laughs> oh no, I, I, I tag every episode as explicit because I can never remember if I swear or not. Okay. Um, I can't figure out how to get it marked explicit on iTunes, but I have not gotten any complaints. So until, <laughs> until Steve Apple comes after me, I'm, <laughs> uh, Tim, I can't even do the Trump joke right. My gosh. Or if some mom uh, tells you that little Marlboro and Madison accidentally heard naughty words. Yeah, they'll be, they'll be horrified. <laughs> Uh, but they're also learning about female friendship, which is important. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but yeah, I, it's just, you know, even to the, it, it, like like I said, it does feel like uh, uh, the, the network maybe wanted Joe to be more centered in the plots than, than right. uh, they may have been written originally. But still, it's, it is, it was rare then that you would have a show, uh, a, a, half-hour sitcom where the two leads are both women mm-hmm. you know that's it might be about one woman and then every up it's the show is about her relationship you know it's 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 whitney not uh, a great example given who the male lead was on that ugh, show yeah uh, or like that the chelsea handler show that had uh laura prepon as the chelsea kind of stand-in. oh yeah or even you know like happy endings. It had some great female roles and performers, but it was the it was the even girls and boys. Yes. Yeah, that is. It seems like most of the time that's the best you can hope for is <laughs> is is equal numbers. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I I I'm trying to think of a show with with a comedy with two women in the lead and and. Like Kate and Allie is the one that <laughs> that was. Well, so there was that before. one with Kelly Ripa, and it was like Faith and Hope or something like that. Oh, what? Uh, uh, of CBS. Could that be it? Oh, I did like that one too. I think that, yeah. Yeah, 
that's maybe we're talking about two different shows because I don't think Kelly Ripa was on that one, but I do know the one you're talking about also. <laughs> and yes, Hope and Faith, starring Faith Ford from Murphy Brown and Kelly Ripa. Yeah. Well, they sort of blew it when they cast a faith, but not a hope. <laughs> but I'm, I do remember that Hope and Glory one because I can picture that woman. I think she was on Seinfeld. Yeah. As, I I I can't remember her name now, but she was kind of omnipresent for a while. And Jessica Lundy, yes, she's great. Yes. Oh my gosh, I, listen to this cast, EJ. Jessica Lundy, Cynthia Stevenson, Enrico Colantoni, Alan Thicke, and Taylor Negron. Wow. I know. <laughs> Man, let's get let, let let's get that streaming somewhere. Holy <laughs> yeah. smokes. I remember that show. I think it maybe only went two seasons, but I remember one season ending with a cliffhanger involving Burt Reynolds. And Burt Reynolds was so hard to work with that they left it unresolved and just came back ignoring the events of the cliffhanger for the next season. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Classic Burt. <laughs> that's that's can't say that's a surprise. I, I don't know what they thought they were getting. This is, I think, pre-Evening Shade. So well, he that's what I was even... going to ask. Yeah, if he had not quite adjusted to, like, you're not a movie star anymore, man. Yeah, this was this was maybe, like, cop and a half era Burt Reynolds. Okay, okay. So, <laughs> technically a movie star in that you could see him in a movie. <laughs> um. Uh. Now I'm going to be thinking about hope and glory a lot, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's no, uh, yeah, I know, but yeah, to your point, it's like even don't like don't trust the B, maybe, but that's kind of they were almost like more average. They were sort of I don't want to say frenemies, but they, it was definitely like a different relationship than you know the the childhood best friends or like the best friends from college or, or that type of thing. Yeah, it, it it was not a show based on friendship. It was a. <laughs> a I did like that show, but oh, it was great! Yeah, not to, again. I don't want to take anything away from it. It's just not—it's not the same dynamic, right? It, It's—it's it's yeah, tall slut, I, no panties, and her roommate that's super sweet and nice. <laughs> the classic dynamic. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm tall slut, it. no panties. <laughs> Sorry, I talked over you. Yeah, it wasn't worth it. <laughs> Wasn't that the name of the manga that someone had written about her? I think you're right. I didn't just pull that out of the air. Otherwise, I'm a terrible person. No, the the words sort of rang together for me. So that's. I was ascribing it to be a reference to something that you were quicker on than I was. <laughs> but uh, it, it, yeah, I don't I, talk like this, people. Don't worry. <laughs> we've seen no evidence to the contrary. <laughs> uh, you know they could they could hear you every week so true true being professional and well researched oh yeah and, and not filling the airwaves with filth <laughs> but uh, yeah I, I i feel bad how much we've talked about their other stuff but Lennon and Jessica are pretty great and uh you know best for to show i wish gone on house i love playing house it's worth the effort to dig this up and try to find it i think people get a lot of enjoyment out of it yeah absolutely it's a lot of you get to see baby versions of of uh you know baby paul rust oh yes um another one who basically looks the same as he does now yeah <laughs> and 
given how he looks now, I would assume he was he was 15 when this was shot, but apparently right. not. <laughs> um, it, it's delight, and they they continue. They're both doing really good stuff right now. Uh, Jessica is on Avenue Five. I said yep. it correctly. <laughs> and well, you know the meaning of that title, right? I don't. It's a callback to when uh, President our former said I could shoot somebody in the middle of Fifth Avenue and I wouldn't get in any trouble. It's is it Avenue. really? Yes, I've I read that as a quote from um, from Iannucci. Yeah. Wow, that's great. It's if nothing else, it'll help you remember it. <laughs> yes. Because he usually so, for as much satire as he does, he tries to avoid doing anything specific. Right. Yeah. Like the political parties are never named in Veep. So that that's very surprising. Mm. Uh, the the cool thing about her in that show, and she, she's, she's very funny in it, but she, uh, Armando Iannucci, is famous for the profanity in his shows. Yes. And yes. She's the first one who uses the F word on on Avenue Five. That is an amazing. I love that. Yes, how deserved for her. Yes, and I have to assume Julia Louis Dreyfus is uh, was the first at Veep, so that is a, <laughs> quite a little club they've got going. Well, and weren't Jess and Len both? I remember Len was because she played like uh, Selena's friend, who said the jury's still out on science. But I want to say Jessica was on Veep as well. Yes, she. I just like Gary's episodes, girlfriend. Yeah, they both appeared. Um, a way too exuberant girlfriend for Gary. <laughs> Which, of, you know, as a as a weirdo that ships Gary and Selena, you know, I needed her out of the picture, but I was always happy to see Jess. So can't get too mad. I saw your message board posts. <laughs> uh, and and Lennon, we mentioned, I think, is on on Minx. Yes. And. I think maybe she's got she directed an episode in season two. Oh, that's cool. I thought I heard that, and uh, I love how her, her her comedic persona is so so honed that like it, it's you're getting variations on her sort of uh on her sort of uh I want to say no nonsense, but Bocephus exists. <laughs> She's the she's the roll up her sleeves and get shit done. Yes, uh, friend. Yes, and she very much like lives in the real world and ha- like you know realistic and has has solutions for you. And yes, yes, I love that roll up her sleeves is perfect. Yes, and she can play so many variations on that because uh, uh, Lennon from Playing House is not the same character as as uh, I can't think of her character name on Minx, but they would get along just fine. Oh yes, you know, I agree. Yes. Yeah. She's the one who, oh, there's something that has to be come out of the magazine. All right, we'll unstaple every issue that's been printed <laughs> and take out those two pages. Let's get to work. Yep. <laughs> it's, I love how prominent she got to be on Minx when it was, you know, when you're just sort of the main character's sister. It's like, oh, that's somebody she can talk to occasionally. Right. Or By like the end a of lot the of season, times sitcoms is, will have a sister that appears one episode. You never see them again. Yeah. But she went on to be involved with the production of the pornographic magazine. Yes. <laughs> she was at photo shoots. <laughs> She's so funny. And I do uh, like that they gave her character, you know, the, the the main character is very, you know, outspoken and, and, and strident in her beliefs and has these, you know, a lot of principles. 
but then she had her kind of blind spot about like about you know adult toys but yet Lennon's character was like well what's so wrong about that so even showing that even the character that's you know could could be seen by some as like out there in her beliefs still has things that she could be you know more open-minded about that that's really good I hadn't thought of it that way that that's great I, I, out there is a very judgy. I didn't mean it like that, but just that she's no, no, I know very principled in, in some matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she seems like she is kind of on the forefront of uh, yes, open mindedness. Right. Like yeah, like she's the one trying to push the envelope and mm-hmm. is completely. See, some of these things I don't think about being a man and also being distracted <laughs> by the fact that the main character was in Guardians of the Galaxy and it took me forever to place that. <laughs> But in my, in all fairness, she was pink in Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, wow. Yeah, the, yeah, there were some different, like, the classic Star Trek, different colored ladies in that series, aren't there? Yeah, she was the one who tried to grab the, the power stone from Benicio del Toro and caused a shockwave that destroyed the his collection. Oh, my goodness. Look, well, I'm not here to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy, <laughs> except that I almost always am. <laughs> When are Lennon and Jessica going to do a Marvel movie? Well, you know, I've been saying we need to get into the NMCU, the Nancy Myers cinematic universe. Oh, that would be perfect for them. Because Jess was in It's Complicated, not enough, but I think they could just slot in there very nicely. That's right. And, you know, Jessica is not Nancy Myers, obviously, but uh, that with Julia Louis-Dreyfus and James Gandolfini. Uh, enough said. Enough said. Yes. Oh, I love that movie. And I made my she, dad go to the, see that in the theater with me because I was like, "You like him? You like her? Let's go." <laughs> God, that movie is great, and she, 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 you don't see her face in the movie. Oh. She, uh, as past guest Haley described her uh, as uh, Jessica St. Clair achieving her true potential as a woman who can't shut up even when she's supposed to be relaxing. <laughs> That's perfect. Yes. She's yes. getting a massage in every one of her scenes and is still talking. <laughs> Outstanding. So here's a here's a, a thought exercise, unless you mm-hmm. have any uh anything you, you'd like to bring up yet. No, I think we covered or the only thing I wanted to say is I there was the episode where they kept trying to get the the uh, Rav and Joe were trying to eat Greek food and they kept getting kicked out. And he kept saying gyro. And I was like, why in the world is he saying gyro? And I did have to look it up. But that is how real New Yorkers say the Greek, you know, lamb meat sandwich. They do say gyro. And it truly blew me away because, you know, as a Midwesterner, if it was the other way around, if people in like (laughs) Iowa or Wisconsin or Minnesota said gyro, we would get no end of the shit about like, Oh my God, you yep. guys, it's Euro, you dumb idiots. But like, because it's New York, they can just say it and that's how they say it. And it's no one cares. <laughs> I Midwest soapbox off. <laughs> this, this is the research we're paying for. I, <laughs> I was just jarred by that. I, I didn't know they, man, New York, who can understand them? Oh, I know they stand online. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Let me bounce this off you real quick before we. Mm. Um, because it was, it was in a movie, uh, uh, the movie super where rain Wilson is a weirdo who puts on a superhero costume and starts yes. hitting people with hardware store stuff. James Gunn. 
James Gunn, Guardians yes. of the Galaxy, Peacemaker. We were talking about him. So let's uh there is a scene where he is in line for a movie and somebody joins their friend in front of him. What do you call it when somebody does that? Budging, B-U-D-G-I-N-G. Oh, see, I've never heard that. Oh. Uh, I would call it cutting in line. Okay, yeah, that'd be my number two, yeah. Okay, and in the movie, they say budding in line. Oh. Which makes sense, but I have never heard before. Huh. And I I think he's St. Louis, right? Yes. Yeah. So that's, I mean, how do they say it during the hockey games? (laughs) You know, Uh, it doesn't come up. (laughs) I, I if, genuinely almost tweeted to James Gunn to ask him about it. And I wonder if I there's thought, one of those like dialect maps, like where it says Coke versus soda versus pop. Yes. Yeah. Budge. Pecan versus pecan. Because I will say budging, it does feel a bit childish as it comes out of my mind. Like I just think of like, you know, waiting in line for school lunch and someone's budging in line. That's where it's more likely to happen. So that's true. But I did notice I I... that you said park, you said ramp the other day, and it made me so happy because whenever people say like parking structure, it just seems so silly. It's like a ramp. <laughs> it goes up like a, it ramps up. It's just a ramp. <laughs> yeah. I, I've only heard structure on TV. I've, oh. In real life, it's a ramp. So funny. And well, should I'll we get to never... our summation? Yes. I was just going to say, I'll probably never be able to get an answer from James Gunn about this now, what with him being busy running DC. Yeah. He's... What's what's he going to do? He's going to answer my question about budding v cutting. <laughs> Could have done it when he was just making the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special, but <laughs> <laughs> which I guess he was making sort of simultaneous with Peacemaker. So he was busy then, too. You know, I think with the amount of joy that you've expressed about this Guardians Christmas thing, he should owe you at this point. He, he should owe you one straight answer about about budding in life. <laughs> I'll, 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 he thinks he made it even by announcing a Booster Gold television show, but ah. if, if it comes out, yeah, then then we're more than even, and I'll send him <laughs> a fruit basket. But uh, um, <laughs> so as a thought exercise, mm. if Best Friends Forever were to come out today, do you think it would be more successful? And obviously, you just have to assume a, a world where it can come out pretty much as it was, as opposed to them being 12 years older and oh, Ooh, Quinetta okay. being tw- 21 and a half years old. <laughs> um, you know, I think with the amount of streaming platforms that there are now and like the different types of things you just find tucked away on Hulu, I think it could have really uh, bloomed in that type of environment maybe in a way that it didn't now. And just the way that there is so much more word of mouth online, I think it could have become kind of that type of thing. People, you know, they turn their friends on to and, and people are able to, you know, binge it for lack of a better term. And, and yeah, I think, I think it could have been more successful in, in the 2023 landscape. I, I, I think I agree with you. I don't think on broadcast TV, it, right. but unless you're Abbott elementary or, something created by Chuck Lorre, you're kind of not a, <laughs> not a sitcom on broadcast TV anymore. Yeah. Abbott but, Elementary has been such a wonderful surprise. It's so, it's so cool that, uh, you know, comedy that I like, I think is really smart and it's also being very zeitgeisty and people are into it and people are celebrating the success and it's terrific. Yeah. When, when is the last time that hit all those quadrants? Right. Like, um, 
but uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think it would have, it would, would have had a nice home on Peacock or mm. even a, you know, honestly, I bet on Netflix, it would pair pretty well with Grace and Frankie. I bet you'd find a nice little crossover yes. audience Oh there. my gosh. Yes. That's so smart. Yes. Um, so that, and I, I know they have pitched stuff to Netflix that hasn't gone, but, mm. um, it, it's, you know, part of that is the pandemic making the way you pitch TV very weird now. And oh, I can uh, imagine. if you if you don't have six shows on the air, you're probably not going <laughs> to get much of a meeting, which right. is why every show now is created by Ryan Murphy. <laughs> exactly. Um, and his man, his, he will go he to do battle with the, the forces of Shondaland. <laughs> <laughs> I just always picture her little that like roller coaster, the the little uh Oh yeah. What do they call that? The the logo, the Oh the vanity card? Yeah, vanity card. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I I think I watched my first Shondaland show last year. Oh yeah, what did you watch? Uh Inventing Anna. Oh, I didn't know that her company's behind that. That's cool. I didn't either. I and it's not like I, I was actively avoiding her shows. I'm just not super mm. into the you know, network soaps. Yeah. Um, and inventing Anna was between that and and uh, the dropout. I am very disappointed that a blonde woman with a weird voice didn't scam me last year. Because <laughs> that was that was that was all the rage. <laughs> but yeah, I I think it it I I think there's there would be a place for it now. And uh, then our last last best friends forever question. Uh, which maybe will seem self-apparent. Do you recommend people watch it? Oh, 100%. Yes, yes. There, yes. As far as I know, it's we both bought it on iTunes in the past, which is where <laughs> we watched it. Yeah. I don't know that it's streaming now, but I guess Playing House is on Roku, so it's not oh. impossible it's there. It can be very hard to find streaming things sometimes. You're right. Especially when I chose Apple TV, and so I really can't track what's on roku anymore oh uh, yeah they don't play nice together i tried to watch the weird al movie on the big tv and it was just kind of it was a struggle yeah it's they don't i'm this close to buying a roku box and just switching them out when i <laughs> get the switcher like watch. the old school uh, video game to cable <laughs> yeah it. yeah that's what i need is a slider where i could just the <laughs> roku apple tv junction box yes. uh, but yeah if it is I'm always reluctant to to say definitely watch this thing that you will have to pay for. Well, you know, if if like if, if people like the first what three five people want to watch this and they don't have it, get get in touch with me. I'll make it happen. Oh, okay. Look at that. <laughs> um, I I I can't make any promises at this point because I think I have to get a toilet fixed. So. <laughs> well, um, I don't listen to who charted anymore, so I don't. I'm not sending out gifts. I need to send gifts to somebody. <laughs> All right, Rachel's got you covered. Um, <laughs> speaking of having you covered, this is my segue into into our ad. You know what? You know a thing that can cover you. What's that? A t-shirt. Yes. Yes. T-shirts. And if you are are in the mood for t-shirts, uh, there's no better place to go than teasedbysummer.com. Absolutely. Uh, the best. I think you should leave designs in the business. So hot uh, right now. That's another one that's been 
it's great that people are so into that. Yes, I love they it. They can show it off. They can meet their fellow ITOISL fans with one of the Tease by Summer designs. Then, yeah, see, you get it. <laughs> and look, I think I probably mentioned this before, but the 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 new car ideas mug with the blueprint of the car with that <laughs> has no room for the mother-in-law and <laughs> is based on that sketch. Uh, Ruben Rabasa from that sketch saw it on Instagram and said it was a very good mug. Oh, that's awesome. It's endorsed, so it's cool enough it's endorsed by him. He's in the trailer for the upcoming Ant-Man movie. So he's also in the Marvel Universe. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. And the best part of the Marvel Universe, the Ant-Man part. So <laughs> look, if it's good enough for him, what are you, crazy? Yeah. Go for T-shirts, it. mugs, there's a water bottle, a water bottle that I bring to the gym. And one time a lady talked to me because she thought it was a nice water bottle. There you um, go. You can't and put if a something makes strangers that. talk to me, <laughs> it's got to be good because I am off-putting. Um, Teasebysummer.com. Tell them, uh, tell them, tell them, you don't have to tell them anything. There's a spot where you could give a note to the seller. You can say, hey, FedTalk sent me or just say, hey, you're doing a great job. This is a good mug. Yeah. By the way, I am not Ruben Rabasa. <laughs> uh, you know, because otherwise it might seem like you're, you're trying to pass yourselves off as him with your fandom of that mug. <laughs> uh, so check that out. And hey, I bet there's some other things to check out that that uh, uh, Rachel can tell you about. Yeah, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at R Hathaway and listen to the People Are the Enemy podcast wherever you get podcasts. New episodes every Monday. And um, and yeah, keep keep watching your your niche comedy shows. You will meet great people i've already met ej you've met ej you know what i'm talking about keep keep watching literally TV. all of my listeners have met me so <laughs> um well, uh and uh usually i don't do my own plugs when i have a guest but i am coming up on the 100th episode and i still don't know what to do so if you have any ideas Ooh. email fedtalks at yahoo.com cracking into a fresh hundo that's great that's, right. that's a big achievement I, I, I assume I'll have Jason Manzukis and Andy Daly on that episode, but <laughs> it, it hasn't panned out yet. Oh. Just have somebody jump out the window and you'll be gold. <laughs> but, so, this is a lot of fun, EJ. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, thank you. And uh, I always feel guilty when people record on a weeknight because I know I'm tired on a weeknight, but I really appreciate it. Thank you. And uh, It's my pleasure. Yeah. You know, listen to people are the enemy listen to chart chat the i was gonna say specifically chart chat but give the whole thing a listen they're all nice people yeah andy's an interesting cat yeah it's been it's, it's been neat getting to know him through his podcast all right well thank you very much we will be back next week with a a guestless episode uh which will be a disappointment but by that time i also will have started watching the police academy franchise so at least there'll be that to talk about I look forward to hearing that. Yes. Uh, American Pie didn't break me. Police Academy might. <laughs> well, good luck to you. All right. And thank you so much. And thank you for listening. We will be back next week. Bye. <laughs>